it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and friend request, and I will probably give you in return. And I'm here to talk what else but wrestling and problems. Seems like the problem going on in wrestling right now is some labor issues, particularly along with the WWE. But we will get into that as well as some um, contract discussions with the AEW talent because they have a little bit of a different situation there. So we'll get into that. We also got some comings and goings from some of the major companies, including a major departure from Impact. So while we get into our wrestling talk and our problem talk, let's just go ahead and hop right into it. I guess we'll start with like the biggest sort of story from over the weekend. Uh, Zelina Vega was released Friday by WWE. She actually had posted a tweet that was pro-union, and then she was gone like a few minutes after that. It seemed kind of fast for her to be gone like that, though, but uh, a lot of people were thinking that that must be why she was gone. But apparently, that's, I guess you could say slightly a coincidence, although it probably indirectly led to her being uh, gone. Uh, Basically, after receiving a little bit more info, it appears that the reason she is gone is the uh, fact that she did not want to give up uh, her third-party deals. Uh, She had been doing a lot of stuff with her streaming accounts. And the fact that she had been doing that, uh, you know, WWE recently had that ban on Twitch and Cameo and things like that. So uh, next thing you know, she said, I'm not going going to give it up. Apparently, uh, there are people that are saying that she's making, she was making more money off her Twitch account than she was off her WWE uh, contract. So assuming that's the case, it makes complete absolute sense she would not give that up. Why give up more money where you have more control over something than you would get it on your, on your quote, guaranteed deal? <clears throat> so it makes complete sense that she would... uh go ahead and uh, keep up with that. And apparently, next thing you know, WWE's called her bluff and said, no, we're getting rid of you then. So, uh, 
she uh her the actual tweet that she sent out uh was basically just I support unionization. <laughs> and then she sent that uh 4:46 on Friday and then next thing you know <laughs> 5:06 WWE tweeted out WWE has come to terms on the release of Zelina Vega. We wish you the best in our future endeavors. Of course our Page uh, chimed in at Real Page WWE. This sucks with a uh, kind of sad face emoji, not the crying one, but just a straight line emoji. But I think WWE is <coughs> starting to overplay their hand a little bit on some of this stuff. If the talent is legitimately able to make more money on some of these deals than they're able to make from their WWE contract. There's already like places that are like, you know, AEW contract is, if not the same deal or similar money, it's at least close enough where you'd make the, you'd probably be better off if you can make that kind of money on Twitch and doing cameo and doing some other stuff. So it would make sense that a lot of the, a lot of the talent would rather take the deal where they have a little bit more control than they can make more money too. The one thing that has sort of always sort of propped up WWE over the last 20 years since WCW was gone, there hasn't been a company that could normally could, or a way, I wouldn't even say a company, but a way to make the exact same money that WWE can pay. AEW sort of changed that where, you know, if the money's not the same, it's at least close enough where you'd, you'd think. But then also with AEW, you can work other deals. You can do independent dates. You can do, you know, New Japan, assuming there's no conflict. You can do some of these other deals, and they have a less rigorous schedule, at least less rigorous pre-pandemic. Obviously, now there's not really any touring that's taking place. But with AEW doing that, you know, it, it, it would – AEW would be, a, particularly with having a national platform that's the same as uh, WWE's, you know, at least as far as the numbers, at least as far as being on a major network. Because TNT is every bit of popular network as USA and uh, is. Now, granted, it's, neither one's probably quite the exposure of being on Fox is if you're on SmackDown. But still, with the money being the same and at least you still having some real legitimate national exposure because unfortunately for impact wrestling, even though for the longest time they were sort of the number two company, they still don't have the same national exposure because they're on access, which I can't get. And a lot of people can't, well, I tell you that, it's not that I can't get it. My current package doesn't offer it. <laughs> I have, uh, I've sort of bounced around in the cord cutting era. I started off with, uh, Comcast cable, Went to Sling for a while. I went to uh, AT&T, which actually did offer access TV, which means I could watch it for a while. Then I just went ahead and switched to YouTube TV, which does not offer access. And obviously, out of all the things that I noticed that I was missing, Impact Wrestling was the one thing that I noticed that I was missing. Of course, there's other ways I hear allegedly that you can watch Impact Wrestling, so Maybe, you know, I'm I'm not saying that I do. I'm just saying I'm, there's other ways to check it out. I'm not saying I do that such a thing, but there are other ways to check it out. So, uh, But Access TV is not 
available on most, you know, or your more basic packages, you, if, if you get it, you're likely to, it's a good chance you have to pay extra for it, as opposed to like USA or Fox, which normally would come on your first level deals if you got cable or some of the streaming services that offer the cable television. But anyway, uh, Access is lucky to get in the neighborhood of around 100,000 or so viewers, whereas, you know, uh, normally, uh, AEWs gets in the neighborhood of 600,000 towards the low end and more around a million to the high end, not including, you know, whatever same day plus three or whatever, same day plus seven, not including their access on their YouTube channels and their various other platforms and websites, et cetera. So uh, you're getting anywhere from three to five times of viewership in AEW that you would get an impact. Uh, obviously, WWE still has the highest rated company if you're on the uh, Raw brand where you'll probably get in the neighborhood of, you know, 1.3 to 1.5 million viewers a week, not including, again, all those other platforms. If you're on Fox, you're getting probably close in the neighborhood of 2 million if you're on SmackDown. But still, you know, the, the competitive environment between AEW, particularly with the guaranteed money not being that different, makes it a lot more sense to go to AEW, if you can still keep your third-party deals, you can do your cameos, you can do your Twitches, you can do your YouTube channel without AEW trying to take it over, it makes a lot more sense to have the creative freedom, which is one of the main reasons people have been going there already. They've been flocking there already because in addition to outside of the ring, having creative freedom, having a little bit more creative freedom inside the ring makes a lot more sense as well, too. So Obviously, there are some people in the business purely just to get the biggest amount of money but there are some people that enjoy the art the creativity etc etc and if you enjoyed that it would make every bit of sense for you to go aw close to wwe if you have the option so Zelina vegas it's weird she was one of those people that really tried for the longest time to get into wwe she was there for about roughly about three years she actually did a she did a good job it's weird i, I knew her more as a wrestler than somebody who you know, as far as the in-ring talent as opposed to somebody who was on the mic. When she had on the mic, I was actually very, very pleasantly surprised, and she was very, very talented. She did a great job, more so in the managerial role than she ever did wrestling. I didn't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying she was a bad wrestler, it's just she didn't really do it all that much until the very, very end. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, I throw my support behind her. I wish her the best in her future endeavors as well. I hope she does end up in AEW. Like I said, Considering, you know, again, her talent in the ring as well as her ability on a mic, I think she fit in very, very well there. Uh, that's also leading to speculation that her husband might be out the door next. Uh, apparently, he already asked to go back to NXT because he's barely being used on, quote, the main roster, if that's how you want to refer to it, as Raw and SmackDown and the bouncing back and forth. But apparently, he has been denied that, according to SCScoops.com. Uh, she's least Friday. Apparently, he had tried to go back for a, for a while, but nope. Apparently, he's not going back. So uh, it will be interesting to see how what how his career does. <laughs> if you if you want to make a comparison, uh, Miro, formerly known as Rusev in WWE, left. Uh, next thing you know, his wife is getting thrown through a table. <laughs> every week for like two months. Uh, the situation is a little bit different just due to the roles, but Renee Young seemed to have a 
okay run after John Moxley left and went to AEW. So uh, AG Lee had a you know pretty decent run after CM Punk left. So it's not always going to be that you're SOL once your partner leaves, whether it be a wife or a significant other, you know, husband, whichever. But it is something to sort of keep an eye on. Particularly when Alistair Black is a guy they didn't really seem to have much use for. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, let's move on to some other related news as far as the unionization. The Screen Actors Guild is actually uh, trying to stand up and support the wrestlers. Uh, Screen Actors Guild, that's the SAG union. You can also uh, also refer to as a SAG AFTRA. Uh, the Screen Actors Guild Union is one of the unions uh, for Hollywood actors and whatnot. Uh, it merged with the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, so it's all considered, you know, one union. But, but basically, they mostly represent uh, actors, uh, journalists, uh, radio announcers, personalities, etc., uh, voiceover actors. Uh, those sorts of, quote, media professionals. The union has, uh, according to Wikipedia, 116,741 active members. And then they get, I guess they got another 80,000 members who are withdrawn, suspended, et cetera. So I guess inactive for one reason or another. Uh, so wrestlers have been on TV for years. Uh, in a lot of ways, they're, they're kind of, on the one hand, they're kind of like athletes, but on the other hand, they're kind of active. TV actors as well, they're kind of a combination of both. So it, it, it would make complete sense as opposed to them trying to start their own union. Actually, if they could join the Screen Actors Guild, that would make a lot more sense, and it would give them a lot more power all things considered. So uh, I'm glad to see SAG, SAG is sort of standing up for them. Uh, to get into the specifics a little bit more of it, uh, the president of SAG is uh, Gabrielle Carteris, I believe is her name. Uh, she was the actress that was formerly on Beverly Hills 90210. Hope I pronounced her name correctly. But, uh, you know, you did have 2020 presidential candidate Andrew Yang who voiced uh, his opinion about WWE shouldn't be able to have independent contracts being held as such a policy. Uh, you got the SAG president uh, tweeting out uh, hey, Selena Vega, thanks for standing strong for labor solidarity. Support you. Please email me. And that's President Carrieras at sagactra.org. So she even tweeted her email address to make it easy for her. So this will be an interesting development to follow to see if wrestlers attempt to join the union. Uh, to see if it's just WWE wrestlers or AEW wrestlers are interested in joining or even, you know, to that degree, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is owned by a very, very uh, right-wing company, so that would be interesting to see how that works out, uh, Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, but it's a, overall, it would be an interesting thing to follow. So I'm definitely going to be following this and I will try to update you <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, as far as uh, if we get more information on this, if it seems to be going that direction. So that's a 
very, very interesting development. So uh, the fact that Korean Access Guild will help wrestlers, quote, secure the projections they deserve is a very, very interesting development to follow. Anyway, let's move on to some other uh, things in the world of wrestling. Uh, our next story uh, is also courtesy of uh, SC Scoops, by the way, so I want to thank them for providing a good deal of these articles I will be uh, talking about this week. They do a great job of covering the wrestling industry, so that's why it's my main go-to site as far as uh, following wrestling news. I do check some other sites as well, but as a general rule, most of the information I need is usually covered by them. So they do a great job sort of blanketing and covering it and updating their site regularly. So, But anyway, we got Alexa Bliss has announced her engagement to Ryan Cabrera. So congratulations to them. Uh, he's a singer-songwriter, in case you weren't aware. He had previously been engaged to, uh, to Murphy. Uh, they broke up a while ago. Uh Obviously, Murphy has moved on to Rey Mysterio's daughter, so <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> and I'm doing air quotes <laughs> with that, just in case uh, you're not watching on the imaginary uh, video feed that we are not using. But by the way, we are considering using a video feed for the show, so that actually might be something that might be an option in the future. Uh, Bruce's Graciously, graciously offered us that option to use, uh, so I might be considering using it in the future in the uh, King David Comedy Studios, <laughs> but I haven't moved on to that yet. I, I'm still considering and weighing my options and deciding if I want to do it or not. But at any rate, uh, I'm going to keep on uh, moving on. Congratulations, Alexa Bishop to Ryan Cabrera. <laughs> in addition to that, uh, one of the most interesting things I saw wrestling over the last week was uh, Leon Ruck's NXT North American Championship win. I was kind of baffled by this. Uh, of course, Bully Ray, uh, who is uh, a co-host on the Busted Open Radio, discussed it on his uh, Sirius XM show, uh, Busted Open Radio. He stated he loved the angle and compared it to when the one, two, three kid slash, you know, Sean Waltman slash X-Pac slash Six-Pac slash. I can't remember. He used one other name that was similar to that. I can't remember what the other name was. It was X-Pac, Six-Pac, and he used something. I can't remember what he used in Wrestling Society X, but I think it was something similar. But at any rate, uh, According to Bully Ray, obviously in the middle of the match, I'm saying to myself, please do the one, two, three, kid, one, two, three, kid thing here. Uh, it was pretty hilarious. Uh, Leon Ruff is a tiny dude. He's not quite cheeseburger small, but he's definitely a small dude. There was one particularly great moment that I really enjoyed, and I think ever pretty much everybody enjoyed it too. <laughs> when he was on the top of the ramp after winning the belt, he put the belt around his race, <laughs> and he's so he's so skinny that the belt just fell to the ground. So that was freaking hilarious. So congratulations to Leon Ruff. I'm kind of interested to you know pay a little bit closer attention to him because I had he's one of those guys. He kind of been in a sort of jobber role. Uh, 
just the sort of extra guy there, so I didn't really pay all that much attention to him. Honestly, couldn't tell you what his wrestling style is or anything. So, you know, NXT this week, I'm going to pay a lot closer attention to him and assuming he does, you know, get to defend the title there. It would be very interesting to check it out and, and see because there, there are these guys that you like, okay, this guy has no shot. This guy has no shot. Oh, crap, he won. The, every, the rare occasion when a guy like that wins a match and you hadn't been paying attention to him, now you feel kind of bad about not paying attention to him. So Definitely looking forward to uh, paying a little bit closer attention and, and, and seeing what he's doing. But uh at any rate, uh, Bully Ray did make some further comments uh, regarding it. He was like, uh, Leon Ruff is on the diminutive side, but even Johnny Gargano is nowhere near the size of a performer from the mid-80s. You know what stuck out to me? The size of a lot of wrestlers. It is not a big man's business anymore now. There was evident to me when Gargano, Gargano and Riga were face-to-face in the back. When it was just the two of them on screen, oh, my God, Bully Ray continued. Regal was an average-sized guy in my world of professional wrestling back in my day. Regal was average-sized, and he was towering over Jar- Jar- Gar- Gar- Gargano last night. The business is morphing to maybe a smaller man's game with a few big men. And I, like I said, that's, that's a little bit true in, in WWE, in, uh, particularly in NXT, even, even in WWE, but NXT and you know, AEW as well. I think that's why it's been a quote, good thing for like a few guys like Brody Lee and Brian Cage to go AEW because while I do enjoy the smaller, high-flying style, I do like to see some monster mixed in too. That was one of the that was actually one of the beautiful parts about wrestling when you had the various body types in the 80s. They didn't really have the smaller guys per se, but they had, you know, you had tall guys, you had fat guys, you had muscle guys. So adding some of the, you know thinner guys and some of the shorter guys, I think, adds to the variety. I like seeing, you know, a contrast of styles sometimes. When you, I would like to, I, I, I wish we could see, like, you know, something like a guy like, like a King Kong Bunny wrestler, Johnny Gargano, or something like that these days. You don't really get that these days. Obviously, we're not going to get King Kong Bunny in the match because he's retired and also passed away. But you, you know what I'm talking about. I would like to see, you know, a little a little bit more of these contrasts, not only of styles, but of sizes and, you know, a lot of people say, you know, a, a big guy would always be a small guy in a fight, and that's not true. Skill matters more. Now, if they're equally skilled, the big guy will win. But the higher skilled person will normally win. Like, uh, yeah, people forget about uh, Hoist Gracie back when the UFC was in his early days. Hoist Gracie <laughs> took on all comers and beat them all. So, but anyway... Let's move on and talk something a little bit different now. We're going to move on and talk about somebody leaving uh, Impact. Oh, I stand corrected. Looks like somebody's trying to cash in their money in bank contract. So we do have a caller on the line. Let's see who this caller is. Caller, who is this? It is I, King. Welcome to the show, Brian Hunter, at Brock Bizzle on Twitter. Uh, how's it going, Brian? It's going well. It's going well. Okay, like I said, appears you've been listening to the show for roughly about ten minutes or so. Yeah. Okay, so uh, did you get to hear the comment about any of the unionization stuff and the uh, yeah. issue? Do you would you like to comment on any of that? Uh, 
Yeah, sure. Um, as, as far as that, um, I, I think um, as a workforce, and I guess this is what some people should realize, um, they, okay, they're a workforce, and they do work under hazardous conditions, so it's only fair um, for them to be um, properly represented by um, a union. And it is not – oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, like I said, because it is a little bit different when you do the uh, – doing a monologue podcast and radio broadcasting versus when you have a conversation to talk about. Because there's other things I forgot to talk about that I probably would not have thought about if you had said that. Because, yes, they definitely want to be represented as far as, you know, their pay, their benefits, you know, things like we're talking about, like whether or not they can do cameo and Twitch and this third-party stuff. But there's other things, too, as far as, you know, like when they get released and when they get fired. Like, uh, you know, if they need to go to rehab, you know, for the most part, I think WWE has done a better job sending both current and former employees to rehab and stuff like that. But there are situations like when you get terminated. Like, if you're in a union, your circumstances are a little bit different when you uh, can be terminated, whether or not you get a, a proper hearing, whether you have arbitration, whether you whether whether you have uh, be able to make some sort of you know you know without going to court, you know, as far as being able to have your uh, have your situation discussed in a hopefully in a fair and impartial manner. So beyond the salary and benefits, there are other there are other advantages to come with unionization that actually will help the employer as well as the employee. Now, obviously, employers are concerned about, you know, uh, unionization because they think it'll, it'll hurt profitability. And to agree, it probably will. <laughs> it'll, it makes a more pleasant work environment. But, you know, as far as, uh, as, far as to the benefit of the employee, it's not going to put the company out of business. It might be there between you know ten percent, ten percent or twenty percent profitability as opposed to you know what you think the situation is. It's like a lot of people complain they ruin jobs. They don't ruin jobs. They make jobs better. Every every blue collar job for the most part that is represented by unions, the pay and benefits are roughly twenty percent higher if you look at studies. Uh, white collar jobs, the benefits probably is not the same, but for blue collar jobs, definitely so. I do hope that they, uh, you know, are able to take advantage of it because when people talk about, quote, the good old days, and obviously <laughs> when there's two black guys discussing this, we're talking about purely on an economic basis for certain parts of the labor force <laughs> that we're not talking about the good old days of uh, some of the other stuff, <laughs> just to be clear. But when people talk about how the economy worked as far as how much uh, management and how much the owners made as opposed to the workers when they go back to the 50s and 60s of that the reason it was better back then is because unions union participation was much higher that means you had a much better collective bargaining situation that's why you know the owners and the the, the highest paid employee in a company versus the lowest paid or the average paid employee in a company the ratio was probably closer to 20 to 1 as opposed to you know 50 to 1 or 101, where it might be in a lot of cases now. That makes a huge difference. That's why that's why the economy has not been as good for the working class as it's been for the, the wealthy class. That's why, even though in a raging pandemic, uh, the stock market is still high, even though the unemployment rate is high. The two things aren't necessarily related. <laughs> that, one, that one segment of the economy is not necessarily related to the other segment of the economy, and part of that is less unionization. Anyway, 
sorry to get off on that tangent. Uh, uh, we don't really have a drop for too for too many uh, for too many uh, left wing guys or too many <laughs> too many liberal guys, so we don't have a drop for that. So I won't play it. But anyway, that's enough economics discussion for today. But I'm sorry, man. Let's go ahead and uh, before we move on to some of the other things I'm going to discuss about, was there anything in the world of wrestling that you want to talk about this week before we uh, move on to further uh, wrestling topics? No, nah, we can move forward. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on. We've got some, uh, I guess, on the one hand, it's sad news, but on the other hand, it's good. it could be good news because we don't really know what's next for them. Although I, I, I'm thinking I might know what's up with them. Uh, the Rascals will be leaving Impact Wrestling after two years. It is kind of a funny anger they're doing with it before they uh, <coughs> head out. They're being told they're being evicted from the treehouse because they haven't paid rent in two, in two years. So uh, have you had a chance to check that out on Impact? Yeah. That's probably one of the most interesting ways to, quote, write a wrestler off of television. <laughs> You're being evicted from your treehouse because you haven't paid rent in two years. I didn't even know you could rent treehouses. One, two. Where is the treehouse actually located at? Is it in Canada? Is it in Tennessee? Is it in Florida? <laughs> I have no idea. But at any rate, uh, actually, uh, there is a little bit of news according to SCSchools and to Wrestling Inc. dot com. Because I was thinking maybe they'd be going to AEW. It seemed like a more natural fit for them, their style. But apparently, they have a standing offer with WWE, so it looks like they might be going to WWE soon. So that's actually interesting. Obviously, uh, since they're like you know a little bit smaller guys, high flyers, they, it, it would seem natural with the cruiserweight title being on NXT that that be where they were headed. There are some they're young, you know, energetic guys, so that might be the place. Is, is that? Is that the move you think you're making, or do you think that will go to Raw or SmackDown? Uh, hmm. Uh, probably SmackDown. No, really. Why? Why do you think they'll go to SmackDown as opposed to NXT? What do you think they have there? What do you think they have there for them? Do you think they have a particular angle they want them to work, or particular program they want them to work, or what do you think? What do you think the reasoning is for that? Uh, um, okay, now if you want to go with size wise, um, NXT worked best, but um, for some reason, and the SmackDown was going on a limb. Um, to, to be quite honest, now for me and everything, in a perfect world, they had them in NXT, and then um, they can actually um, few um, and build them up. I don't think they are good enough to be part of the main roster, although athletically they are and everything. It's just somewhere in this um, this corona um, season that they have. There's no crowds. And then you still have an influx of talent, which WWE isn't using all that well in the scene. Like, if you're going to have talent to be used at least somewhat well, SmackDown is a better place for it um, versus Raw because we've seen Drew McIntyre be wasted on Raw. Now, granted, he actually had a good run as champion. Um, it was said, and you could probably uh, correct me if, um, if I get anything wrong with this, King, but um, the ratings had slipped as he was champion. Forget that 
we were going through a worldwide pandemic and stuff like that. But maybe that had nothing to do with that. Maybe Randy Orton was that much better, and just maybe they wanted to do something different. I don't know what that different thing was with Randy Orton being a, what, 15-time world champion? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I just know he's behind Cena and Flair. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, and then I, think, much... I think he's third right now. Mm. Okay, so he passed Triple H. Yeah, I believe so. So, is that really moving the needle because of Orton? Is, is, is Orton really doing that great of a job, in your opinion? I wouldn't say... I mean, he's doing a solid job. There's nothing wrong with what the job he's doing, but I don't think, like I said, I don't think there's him or anybody else is really going to move the needle that much right now, just to the fact that without a live crowd, even with the quote Thunderdome concept, I don't think there's much in a way that's going to move the needle as far as uh, drawing higher ratings. So, unless, like I said, I think the, the smartest move would have been like Paul Heyman was trying to do on Raw. Just tear it down, take the time to rebuild some brand new stars. It's going to take a year, year and a half to do it, but they lost the patience with it. So when you lose the patience with it, you're like, let's go back to what worked in the past. Well, there's a reason you gradually, over time, you know, evolve to different people. Uh, Hulk Hogan was popular in the mid-80s, but would you want to see Hulk Hogan be the world heavyweight champion now? No. (laughs) Even if he could do it you might not necessarily, you know, want to do that because that might not be what their current fans want. Obviously, you don't book everything based on exactly what the fans might want right now. But, I mean, in general, you have to have something that's drawing people in. And, you know, there's a reason that they kind of moved on from Randy Orton at some point in the past. You you gradually move on because eventually it doesn't feel like anybody has the same story, you know, these individuals don't have new stories to tell anymore. Although, apparently, the plan is to give us Randy Orton versus Edge at WrestleMania again, assuming Edge can wrestle then. So, instead of giving us something new, they're going to give us the same thing they've already given us multiple times in the past. Okay, now tell me, would this be um, a way better um, feud? Okay, myself, I think um, him versus Aleister Black would make way more sense. Randy Orton versus Aleister Black? Yeah. I would rather see that than Edge again because again, Edge is old. He's, you know, solid. He was solid, but you notice he keeps getting hurt. <laughs> he he came back from being hurt from like, what, seven years was he gone? Something like that. He was gone for years. He come back, gets hurt. Fairly quickly. After what, After what? two matches? Three matches? Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen? If, 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 if they give him another if they give him another match, is he going to beat Randy Orton and potentially get hurt in that match again? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Or even, if, or even if he does stay healthy, how long is this run going to be if you give him the belt again? Is it going to be more than a couple months? Because again, he really can't take the pound anymore. When he was young, when he was, quote, younger, he still was more or less had been beat up just for 
being in the ring for years and years and years. So the fact that he's older is not going to make it any easier on him. That's what yeah. it is to build new stars. You need to build new stars because once these guys start getting older, they can't take the pound in the same way they could anyway. So you got to be ready. Okay. Um, since, since we own, um, on this one, okay. Give me four on the current WWE um, SmackDown and uh, Raw roster that they should actually um, build up. Obviously, I think they should. Although he's not quite a young guy, Bobby Lashley's a guy that's never really got the run that he probably you thought he would have had with his MMA background and his size and his uh, and the look. Obviously, he was not the most, quote, charismatic guy on his own, but with MVP as a sort of the mouthpiece for him and the backing of the Hurt Business, Hurt Business is a very popular group, so that would be a perfect uh, person and situation to book as far as having a top spot for a while. Uh, so that's one. Uh, who else would I go with if I was going to do the other four? Uh, I'm have to take a. I'm gonna have to take a quick look at the roster real fast. But go ahead, uh, give, give me one of your four, then I'll come back to me in a second. Uh, okay. Um, like, like I told you before, one for me would be Alistair Black. Hell, um, great, um, oh, okay, um, great in-ring ability, um, he, he's won, um, hell, Kevin Owens, I, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and do him solid, because, well, he, he, he's actually good enough. Um, it's time for, it's time for someone to do something, um, with Lacey Evans. Oh yeah, that's definitely a good choice about somebody they should push. Uh, it's it's kind of like they it's, it's like they wanted to push her the first time, but then she sort of messed up a little bit, so they took a step back. But then after a couple months, they she sort of you know get back in the good graces and they get back together. So she was working again, and it just sort of it seemingly like that she kind of went nowhere again. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the last person will be the guy. That um, if he didn't screw up, I, I believe he would have had some type of title at this point, and that's Lost Sullivan. He's one of those guys. I don't. I don't. I think they're trying to see if they want to trust him again, but I don't think they fully trust him. I think he's sort of lost their trust. So I don't think he'll ever make it to the top again. I think maybe he might make it to that sort of upper mid card where he's like intercontinental champion or U.S. champion or somewhere like that. <clears throat> but I don't think he's the guy that, because they don't, because they don't trust him due to the fact that he, he's one of those guys that seems like it's always something. Now, you know, obviously you don't want to badmouth people for having mental health issues or having physical problems. But with him, it's just, it always seems like it's something. If it's not one thing, it's another. And that's a problem. If every time we try to push you, you sort of mess it up. One way or another, there's a there's a like, point where they, where they stop trying. Uh, some some like uh, William Regal or Billy Gunn. 
I'd say sorta. Of, I'd say Billy Gunn was probably probably made where he should have went. I don't think Billy Gunn ever probably should have been on at the top of the card, but he was definitely a solid, talented, athletic guy. He's a fun guy to watch. I don't I don't really think he was going to take the next step to the top, but uh, but yeah, he he was a guy that kind of seemed like he messed up every now and again. <laughs> it's weird to see him like pretty much undefeated in AEW at age fifty, whatever. Now <laughs> that is kind of hilarious. Oh yeah, I got I got I got I got another guy I want to add to my list. Uh, Go ahead. Bronson Reed, sick boy. I think that's a very very talented athletic guy that could you know uh, be an athletic big man that they could push. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to I don't want to I'm not saying he should be world champion right now, but definitely give him a higher profile spot and see if he can sort of take that next step because he has that athletic system and he does have some measure of charisma. Okay. Um, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I um I was about to say um, it, it um it was it was um actually just the people on the Raw and SmackDown roster, but but since you added NXT, um, we were actually expanded to six. Then. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, throw in somebody who's you know that they. Royally screwed up the marketing of. It looks like they're trying to give him a, a different sort of push now. Although I don't know if it's going to be a top flight push, but they're doing it with the Alpha Academy. Chad Gable, not this shorty D nonsense. Chad Gable, <laughs> that's the guy they should give a legitimate push to. Here's my thing with Chad Gable. I like him, but if you're going to do right by him. Um, you got to put him in NXT, and he got to go for for the cruiserweight title. I don't agree because he he's he's legitimate enough a wrestler where you could put him legitimately in the mix for Intercontinental US Champion just because of his legit uh, wrestling background. I wouldn't have a problem with him competing for the cruiserweight title. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you don't need to. There are some people that would quote you. That would be the best place for them, and you wouldn't want them really competing anywhere else. He's not one now, of those guys, though. Now, the only reason I um, I say that, um, oh, okay, um, and hear me out on this one, okay. You okay? The cruiserweight title is like well, it's not bad, no. I mean, but you give it to Chad Gable, and in my opinion, he elevates that title um, to, to to the likes of. Um, Back when um, this um, one guy that used to be cruiserweight champion got screwed out of it, and then I think he took his ball and went to AEW after uh, um, a few years. Just saying. Who was that guy? Uh, actually, um, it um, it was a guy um, that. I think they call him a bastard. Oh, pa- Pac. <laughs> I was never, I was never quite sure um, what, um, what, what went by exactly, but he was actually a great cruiserweight champion. And it's fair to say, in your opinion, did he elevate the title? I would, I don't, I wouldn't say elevated. He didn't, like I said, he, he I. It's not that he. It's not that he dropped the title and made it look bad. It's just I don't think they ever fully. 
they didn't, I don't think WWE was fully invested in it the way that they thought they could be. And I think I think it, it was kind of it fed upon itself. They didn't quite treat it the way they should have treated it. So the fans didn't quite get behind it. So since the fans didn't quite get behind it. They didn't quite push the way it should. So I think it, it, it sort of fed upon itself. But he definitely did give it a. It was definitely a higher profile with a guy like him than it's been with. Most of the people that have had it recently, I think that's a better way to put it. I don't know if you could say he elevated it, but he definitely gave it a higher position than spinning now. So I would say more like since guys like him haven't had it, it's been deep pushed as opposed to him having elevated it when he had it. Okay, um, I, I, um, I, I go, I go with that now. Since you, you went, um, Chad Gable, um, and Thick Boy, um, Bronson Reed. I will actually go with a um a, um a TNA uh, a former TNA um star in um Dexter Loomis. Okay, see I was going to that was that was I I had two guys that I was going to come up with next. Dexter Loomis was one of them, but like I said, Dexter Loomis one of those guys that is usually when you get this sort of weird character you can only pull that off once, and then if you try to pull off a quote another weird character, it just comes off as a bad ripoff or comes off as not as good. But he's pulled off multiple sort of weird characters. But the Sam Shaw character wasn't weird the same way as Dexter Lewis. Dexter Lewis comes off as a sort of crazy, sort of not quite almost like serial killer, but a guy that you think might be in the quote. Funny farmers, the way they would have probably put it in the eighties. He comes off as that sort of guy. Samuel Saul was like a stalker sort of crazy guy. So he's pulled off multiple interesting characters that were like sort of had of a dark side to them. But this is just a little bit more of a playful, not quite cartoonish, but little more fun loving sort of crazy guy as opposed to the darker guy he played the TNA. So that's definitely a good choice. I agree with you as far as he's got a prominent role. The next guy I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up is another guy that's uh, been doing stuff in NXT though, formerly known as Punishment Martinez, Damian Priest. I think he's they've done a, I think they've done a much better job as far as fleshing out what his character is than they did in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor he was solid, although I know friend of the show <laughs> Jake Kitty does not care for him though. But I think they've done a much better job as uh, presenting him as an interesting character with a little bit more of a uh, personality as Damian Priest than he did when he was Punishment Martinez. I would definitely agree with you on that. I, I, I actually I actually um I actually do um like um now another person I believe would um do pretty good on the main roster would actually be um Pete Dunn. Actually yeah, I think that would work although it's not going to happen just due to the fact that they're doing a thing with Pat McAfee and Danny right. uh, Birch and Oni Lorgan, which is actually a sort of fun, interesting group that I did not see coming together, but they're actually doing a good job with. Okay, I'm 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 going to kind of take a um um uh um a left turn, and I want you to expand on that point. Okay, but before you do that, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something out there just for a second. You don't have to comment on it if you don't want to, but I just noticed on the WWE Superstar uh, WWE.com Superstars listing, they list all the stars from all the brand, including like NXT, Raw, SmackDown, NXT UK. I just noticed Jason Jordan is still on the roster. 
Yes. Wow. Anyway, go ahead. And, uh, what, what was your point that you want? Did you wanted me to comment on? Um, about um the formation of um I guess um uh, the Pac McAfee um click. I'm not even sure what the hell they are called actually. I don't think I don't even know if they have a name yet. Uh, I think they they they're just sort of hanging out and they're still new enough because they've been around what I guess two three weeks. So I don't even think they have a name yet. But um, I'm gonna try googling it real fast. At McAfee's WWE group. Let's see if they ha- if they have anything for it. I don't I don't see anything listed for them just yet. So I'm guessing they don't have an official name yet. Hmm. Okay. Now. Um. Okay. Now, help me out with this. Though. Okay. So you, you you got Lorkin and um, Birch as the tag champs to give um, the group some, some legitimacy. Um. Okay. You got um, Pete Dunn, who no one, and I do mean no one, could question um, his, um, his um, ring ability. Pat McAfee, as much as some don't like him, he 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 actually fits in good as far as like uh, the mouthpiece to um, three guys who's not, I guess. As charismatic or great on the mic, is that fair to say? I would say two guys. Like I said, Pete Dunn is actually charismatic and solid on the mic. Obviously, Danny Birch and Orny Lokin, not so much. But Pete Dunn is charismatic. Pete Dunn is actually wor- he was actually working as a producer as well uh, during the pandemic stuff when he was uh, he was sort of trapped in Britain. That's why he sort of was not on NXT. US, he was actually working for producer for NXT UK for a while, and then before he was able mm. to come back to the country due to uh, the pandemic. So he, not only does he have some personality, he's actually you know helping other people with their stuff. So that shows that they do value what he can do on the mic and whatnot. So. But um, I, I, I said I actually do like um, um, how, um, how he um, rose and um, someone else who I believe. Needs to get um, brought up. Shoot. And the only um, person I could say would be Walter. I don't know. Like I say, I do like him as a character, but I think he's in the perfect spot for him. The, and the reason I say that is if you if you put Walter on the Raw or SmackDown roster, he's just another guy. Because if you look at him, he looks sort of big when you compare him to the other European guys, but if you put him mm-hmm. on the American roster, he just looks like another dude. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. This, that. It's not yeah, like that. Is, not that I don't think he's talented. I just don't mm-hmm. think he he would. I don't think he would have the impact just due to the fact the reasons I listed. Now he okay. Now he um okay. Now his three matches I think would be kind of interesting. Okay. Now, him going against someone like Sheamus, I would actually like to. I, well, I would actually like to see. Um, so, um, okay, someone with Sheamus' ability go against him. I would like to see Cesaro go um, go against him. 
and if if um if no one else here, um I I just um be interested in seeing what would um so, someone like a Keith Lee um match look like the, against someone like Walter. Okay, I will say you do raise a good point. Those would be some nice matchups, and. I think the main reason that's not going to happen right now is I think they're going to keep the, they're going to continue to keep the separate, you know, sort of NXT UK brand separate just due to the fact that the travel, you can't really, you know, do as much traveling. It's we're, a lot harder for guys to go back and forth, but once we get past the pandemic, I, I think those are like some good matches that we can see, but I wouldn't want to see him come to the main roster for that. That could be a sort of, you know, when they do the sort of talent exchange stuff, like, he wouldn't have to be on a roster, quote, permanently for that. I would like to see them in sort of do, the, do those sort of cross matches because that's one of the things they could do with, like, NXT and NXT, sort of have these guys sort of, you know, do these cross-promotional, cross even though it's all WWE. But, you can, you know, you're, you know how it is. They like to pretend it's cross-promotional. Right. So that is something I would like to see. I do like those matchups that you pointed out. I just don't think, you know, just that he should permanently come to the Raw or permanently come to SmackDown because I don't think, like I said, you did name a couple good matches, but I don't think long-term that's where he should be. Like I said, same thing. I, I would like to see, uh, I would like to see Eporium come across and sort of, like like they had to feel with Undisputed Era. I would like to see, maybe see them feud with like the New Day, for instance, or something like that. But I wouldn't necessarily need to see them be on the roster full time, but if they came in and did a hit, like one feud here and there, that would be great. Okay, so answer me this though. Okay, so what about um, Gallus on NXT? I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Gallus, honestly. <laughs> it's not that I hate him. It's just uh, they haven't. It, it hasn't. It, it hasn't been enough of it. It hasn't made enough of an impact on me just yet. Now this is my only thing though. Okay, you have um, what's that guy, um, Ridge Holland? Which this is the funny thing. Okay, first he was um, a rugby player from um, from from over um, in Europe. Um, he he really wasn't doing nothing in NXT. They sent him over to NXT UK. He did a little something. Um, of course, they repackaged him as Ridge Holland. Then they brought him back to um, T. He, um, quote-unquote, took him out, um, Adam Cole. Then um, he got, um, I guess, quote-unquote, taken out. And it's like, okay, out of all of that, what work did he really do to really show that he he's that guy where you could – Bring and, and do some wit like that. It was like, I may, maybe I missed something, but I didn't see it in Ridge Holland. He did. Uh, I'm trying to remember. He had an NXT Takeover match. I'm trying to think, who was it with? It was somebody who right before they left. Damn. Uh, let's do a quick search. But he did have a good match. I thought Ridge Ridge Holland Takeover. Anyway, uh, while I look this up, uh, interesting, they still have Zelina Vega listed on the, Raw, on the WWE Raw on Superstar page. They also have Rob Gronkowski still listed, too, which is oh, ridiculous. Sure. 
<laughs> Still listed. Uh, Still listed on the WWE page, despite the fact that she was fired in a high-impact way, by the way. By the way, uh, Rich Holland slash Luke Menzies was a rugby league player. I don't like rugby league. I'm a, I'm a rugby union guy, by the way. Not that that means much to most people here. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, let's see. He had a triple threat match against Oni Lorgan and Damian Priest, in which the winner would go to NXT TakeOver 30, defeating the letter match for the NXT Championship. So, yeah, that going for him. Uh, see, TakeOver 31. Oh, he's carrying Adam Cole over his shoulders. He brawled with Tony Lorcan and Danny Birch. Maybe I'm mistaken it for somebody else, but I, th- I thought he had a I thought he had a great match with somebody on Takeover before they left, but I can't find that. Just doing a quick search of his Wikipedia page, so maybe I'm standing. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Oh, I know what it was. I'm I'm probably thinking of Timothy Thatcher and Riddle. That's what I was thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. That's Man. what I was thinking about. Yeah, now Timothy Thatcher, he he actually did some um, great work in MLW. Yeah, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen his MLW. Why well, take that back? I might have seen it, but it's been a while, so maybe I forgot. Because uh, I don't. I only started watching MLW. I think maybe about a year before the pandemic. So if if it was a little bit before that, I might have missed it. Because MLW was up to around, I think. Uh, as far as their fusion show, I think they had just passed 100. So I think I caught the last roughly 50 or so, but I missed probably the first 50 or so. Something in that neighborhood. Right. But at any rate, uh, yeah, Timothy Thatcher's actually done a good job. So I, I apologize to Timothy Thatcher because he's done a great great job with the gimmick. They got him sort of being that sort of submission, tough guy, slash bully guy. He's done a great job with that. So. Dude's actually kind of funny, though. Yep. That's just that style. <laughs> That's just that skin <laughs> style. That is pretty funny. But yeah, uh oh yeah, uh so anyway, so going going back to uh I'm trying to remember did I get my last uh thought out about who I wanted to, who else I wanted to sort of bring up since we were talking about guys we wanted to bring up to the main roster. Oh yeah. I did have one, not bring up to the main roster, but just guy we wanted to push. That's that's the, that was the discussion we were having. I did have cool. one. I had two more people. Obviously, Rhea Ripley is somebody that they they probably got future plans for, but they kind of got her doing her NXT thing now for a while. But that's somebody who could you know be put in a more prominent position on one of the the two bigger shows. And of course, you know, there's always more they could do with Keith Lee. I I I give I give you um Keith Lee but um um okay um now the okay now the two that I believe um have put in enough work who they definitely should um be um um pushed if not um to the main roster at least in a um, real um, title um, shot and everything, um, I I, I think we can all agree that um, Kyle O'Reilly had proved his worth um, in in the last takeover. He didn't really need to prove his worth. Anybody that's watching wrestling over the last, you know, decade knows 
the talent that he has and the ability he has. So he didn't really need to prove his worth. But if if you're talking about like you know reproving it, yes. I'm talking about seeing. Um, I'm talking about um, like um, seeing um, in the singles um, um, match and everything. Now, not everyone are um, as I like to call us wrestling heads who who actually seen him when he was in Ring of Honor, but dude was good. Dude was good when he was with Future Shock. He was spectacular um, with um, with Bobby Fish as Red Dragon. And it's kind of is is for me. It's hard to um, put too many um, people. If you want to say pure, just pure wrestling ability against um, Kyle O'Reilly, I would love to see a match between him and Daniel Bryan. To me, I believe that I, I believe that would be a great match. Hell, I would love to see him just against um, I don't know Gargano. To me, I believe that um, that that would be good. Hell, put him against Thatcher. Like I said, those those are definitely all good options for uh, for him. So yeah, I, I could definitely go with that. Got a couple more okay. things you want to yeah you know, before, before we get out of here. So uh, I'm gonna let you go ahead go and wrap ahead. up your thoughts on this subject, and then we we got like three more things I want to talk about before we get out of here. So go ahead and uh, you can go ahead and wrap up this particular segment, and then we'll move on. Uh, I was just about to say that if, if nothing else, um, just just with um, some of these ideas that me and the king um, has had and, and everything. Um, um, tweet us your thoughts and who you was um who you would suggest. So yep, so definitely that, yeah, definitely the team will have to comment on that. Yeah, you can tweet me and Brian my my Twitter and I'm pretty much all social media at King David Lane and also at King David Comedy uh, Comedy with a K. So definitely tweet me at King David Lane or you can uh, message me some of the other places. Brian is at Brock Vizza on Twitter. That's at B R O C K B Z A on Twitter. Uh, also, you know, let's do some shameless self-promotion since we since we got the show going. If you do live in the Northwest Indiana area, every Wednesday night, at least for the time being, I do have my open mic. Although <laughs> I'm not feeling real good about <laughs> that, might be shut down very very soon. But for the time being, Wednesday nights, people will come to the five on the South Lake Street in Gary, Indiana, the Miller Beach section of Gary, Indiana. I do have my open mic. Uh, we do ask. Please wear a mask if you do come. Um, we're not technically, quote, requiring them, but we highly encourage you to wear them. I will be wearing mine when I'm not talking. I even try to wear it most of the time when I'm hosting, although sometimes it is hard to get the doors to come out through the mic, but I try to do it as best I can. However, when I'm not on a stage, I'm wearing my mask. And even, even when I'm there, I'm separated by myself, trying to sit by myself, with any, at least if I'm there with Anybody I didn't come with, because I do have one person I hang out with kind of regularly. But outside of that, I sit off to myself in the corner. You can pot up there. There's plenty of space. We try to, you know, keep it within, like, 20 to 25 people as opposed to, you know, the capacities, I think, of the neighborhood are around 100. So we try to keep it between 20 and 30 people. So there's plenty of places to spread out. You can sort of pot out with the people you come with. Socially distanced, wear your mask. There's food available. There's drinks available. So you know, help support the place. We're trying to keep these things going. Support small businesses in the area. So definitely come check out every Wednesday night. Doors open around 7:30. Show starts usually around 8:30. If you want to try comedy, you can come try it. Sign up on the list. You'll get five minutes, and we'll, 
well, let's well let's just see if you're funny. And then if if you want, we can even give you constructive feedback. So definitely come check that out every Wednesday night. In addition to that, uh, if you want to help support the show, uh, we do have shirts available now. So I will tweet out. I will retweet the link right now. If you want to buy a uh, wrestling with problems shirt, it actually does come with the added bonus. Not only does it say wrestling problems, it comes with the added bonus of having the King David logo put on it. So definitely come check it out. But I will retweet that link right now from the social media account so you can check it out. Uh, it's wrestling with problems, and our shirts are, again are available on the. Uh, all on the internet, so definitely get yours. It's available on ProWrestlingTees.com slash BLC Nation. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash BLC Nation. That's ProWrestlingTees, P-E-E-S.com slash BLC Nation. Get your wrestling problem shirts. You have, the, you have the premium shirts available. If you don't just want the regular cotton shirt, you have the premium really soft shirts available. So there's something for everybody. If you want, if you want to get the budget shirt, they have that available on the premium that's a little bit you know smoother than your body, you can get that too. But anyway, that's our shameless self-promotion. I usually have a lot more shameless self-promotion, but I'm not currently producing shows outside of my open mic at the moment. My improv troupe is not doing any uh, any live shows, although we hope to be having some information about some Zoom shows that will be available hopefully in the near future. Because apparently 2020 is a never-ending year, and 2021 is not looking all that great either. So wear your mask, people, <laughs> so we can get this crap out of the way. We do have some good news on the vaccine front and stuff. So hopefully it'll be over sooner rather than later, but it looks like we'll at least be having a rough winter because even if the vaccines do come out, it's still going to take a while for them to come out. Some of them might require two doses. So we still will probably be at least through the winter before things will really start to clear up. So wear your mask, socially distance anyway, take care of your people. Don't do it for yourself. Do it for the most vulnerable among us. Anyway, now that I got off, I'm going to get off my soapbox and get back into the uh, wrestling stuff. Uh, AEW Dynamite tops NXT in viewership and the key demo again for uh, November 11th. Just a quick rundown. Uh, AEW Dynamite did 764,000 viewers with a .3 rating. I was 17th on the cable for the night. NXT did 632,000 viewers, .16 rating, 56 on the cable for the night. Most shows are up slightly for the week. Uh, you had any thoughts on that, Brian? Uh well um it um it probably helped that four um that it was off a of fuel gear and that um was a pretty um good um pay per view um I um I'm I'm not I'm not surprised it's just so much that um it's always a good thing to see another promotion that could um actually compete with WWE. Um and congratulations to um Tony Khan and the AEW um team. Yep. Uh next we got a WWE WWF No Mercy director, Hideyuke Iwashita has joined AEW Games, so he directed a very, very popular WWF No Mercy game about 20 years ago. He's going to be helped develop with AEW's video games. Uh, by the way, uh, his nickname is Geta. Uh, uh, WWF No Mercy was released in 2000. It was an N64 game, if, if you're keeping track of what's what. So, uh, a lot of people are looking forward to this game. I know I'm looking forward to it. Uh, 
they did an, they did announce that uh, they're working on two games at the moment. Most likely, it'll probably be AEW Casino Double or Nothing and AEW Elite General Manager. So these games hopefully will be coming up. Uh, the company that will be developing the game used to develop WWE's video games. It's called it's called uh, I believe it's called Uke's Co Limited. I'm not sure if it's UK or Uke, but it's Y-U-K-E, so I apologize if I get that wrong. But uh, that, was like, that was actually the company that did WWE's games until the most recent game. The most recent game had so many glitches and was very, very <laughs> messed up. So apparently WWE dropped the ball by changing companies there. But WWE's lost AEW's games. Game, so uh Good luck and looking forward to uh, finding out about that. Last but not least, we got the, some details on the structure of AEW's talent contracts. Since we did talk some union stuff and some um, worker rights stuff early in the show, just a little bit of information on uh, AEW's uh, situation. Unfortunately, they, they didn't really put much in the way of numbers here, but uh, there's different levels to the contracts. They have a couple different tiers to the contracts. Uh, Dave Meltzer actually did break it down in Wrestling Observer's newsletter. Uh, wrestlers who just work dark tapings, they are signed to per-date deals. The only exception was Benjamin Carter, who's now with WWE. Most of the wrestlers who appear on AEW television have one deal or another. Uh now, here's something that's a little bit different. If w, if AEW publicly announces that you signed, that means you're given a weekly guarantee. Like, so all those people you say, congratulations, AEW is signed, blah, 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 blah. That means they have a weekly guarantee. So that means basically they're legitimately under contract. They're getting paid a certain amount. They're guaranteed however many dates they're going to work, et cetera, et cetera. So they have one thing going for them. There are people on AEW Doctor Wrestling who quote aren't under contract, but they do have, you know, they are being paid a certain amount for just working that date. And apparently and they have newcomers in quotation marks, newcomers in AEW are making more than WWE NXT stars. But obviously uh, even though they make more than NXT people, they don't make more than WWE quote main roster, which main roster, you know, we've Try not to use that term as much. We're talking about Raw and SmackDown, people. So, NXT contracts are not as good as Raw and SmackDown contracts. But anyway, according to uh, according to the uh, information that was given on the AEW Unrestricted podcast, Cody Rhodes brought up how AEW has a few different levels of contracts. Of course, there is a separate Jericho level that most people don't get. <laughs> So from now on, did you remember when people used to talk about they wanted to get KG money, kind of money as KG mm-hmm. was getting in, in, uh, in the NBA? So now I guess the new term is Jericho money. <laughs> Although I'm guessing I'm guessing Jericho money is not as good as KG money was even back then because those in the, even even ten years ago in the NBA the money is ten fifteen years ago that money in the NBA is still better than wrestlers are making right now. <laughs> anyway, you got yeah. any thoughts on that? Uh, I I I think I think the more I think the better term would um that everyone that every wrestler would aspire to would be not not Jericho money but they would want that 
collection of money. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if anybody in AEW is gonna get Brock Lesnar money. <laughs> but yes, nah, it's definitely I, something. To, I think that's what they will aspire you to. Yeah, it's definitely something to inspire you. Hell, if I'm wrestling, I'm still a pirate. I'm still aspiring to KG money, even though I'm probably not gonna get that either. Hell no. But at rate, um, um, dude, dude said, uh, um, the the rest of formula known as Trevor he says, all the way to the moon. Or, you know, and, and there was another famous expression, it's nice to want things. Wait, <laughs> yeah. wait, anyway, I yeah. think that about does it for this week. Do you have any final thoughts before we go? Uh, well, um, I, as, as yeah, I do, um, now, I was watching um, um, not, um, a nice little segment from um, Ring of Honor. And um look looking at it, um I think I seen um E C three. Now my question is, um okay, he even um to all three of your quote unquote um um major promotions now uh, with the exception of AEW. And my question is, um, okay, is he a good fit in um, Ring of Honor because any wrestling fan who knows actual wrestling, Ring of Honor is built upon actual good wrestling. So fans, tweet uh, myself or um, King David and give us your answer. Is EC3 um, a good fit for Ring of Honor or is or was that just um, just a bad fit? Let us know. Yeah, interest. That's actually I got some I got some interesting thoughts on that. But I'm gonna like table my giving my thoughts on that now because that's gonna be a little tease for next week. Now you'll have to remind me to answer this next week because I will probably forget. So, <laughs> but anyway, I'm gonna tease it and answer it next week because I actually do have my answer. A lot of times you throw me off with some stuff. I mean, you have good you have good questions, but sometimes I'm not prepared to answer some of the questions you ask. But I'm actually prepared to answer that question. But uh, I'm gonna hold off to next week just to tease it. You've been listening to Wrestling With Problems. Again, you can reach us all at King David Lane uh, or VOC Nation. Tweet tweet me at either one. I prefer if you want to, if you want to answer for me directly, tweet at King David Lane. If you want to hear about all of you in VOC Nation, because there's more than one person that has access to that account, tweet at VOC Nation. But anyway, you've been listening to Wrestling With Problems. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. I came looking for booty. I like you, and I want you. Now we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.